Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am <laughs> delighted to say I'm now joined all the way from Nashville by Mr. Kirk Fletcher. Kirk, are you well? I'm doing well. Hope you are too. <laughs> uh, it, not too bad. Not too bad. The weather is uh, picking up slightly. We had a heat wave last week, highest temperatures oh, yeah, on I heard record. About that. Yeah, then yeah. then we got rain, and now it's going warm oh. again. It's oh man, crazy weather! Just to give people a bit of a, a background information, people who may not be familiar with you, these uh, people who've been living under rocks, you've been <laughs> <laughs> you've been on the scene for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, quite a little while now. Sometimes I forget how long, but you know, I guess it has been a little while. And <laughs> um, you performed with numerous people over the years. Uh, just a couple of names I'll pluck out: Mr. Joe Bonamassa and the fabulous Thunderbirds. Yeah. Uh, is there one artist that you perform with that sticks out in particular? You know, I think it's it's the artist as well as the time that I've done it that sticks out. You know, like joining Kim Wilson from the Fabulous Thunderbirds in the blues band was definitely definitely a highlight. And playing with Charlie Musselwhite was definitely... Because those were times early on in my blues career, you know, so it really had a big effect on me how, you know, things the things that came later would, you know, I would be able to deal with those things and just understand, you know, what's going on and what to expect and different things like that. So it was really fantastic. And those are two big ones for me. When you recorded with Charlie Musselwell, that's, what, 21 years ago? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, in the, the blurb that I've got, it says that he helped you to and allowed you to develop your own sound. In, yeah. In what way did he help you? Yeah, because before that, I was really kind of playing closely to um, the blues records and really getting that foundation and things, you know, because I was playing with a lot of really traditional blues um, musicians, harmonica players, piano players, singers, everything, you know. And, and I really wanted to try and cop a lot of what was on the record because it was incredible parts by blues legends. So I wanted to do that. But with Charlie, he had played or seen in the flesh a lot of those blues legends living in Chicago at the time that he did. So he was more concerned about me just bringing my own self into it, like knowing that music, but still bringing something of myself to it. You know, and he just had a perfect place for me to do that when I was in his band for that short time. Yeah. Uh, your third album in 2010, My Turn, that contained mm-hmm. tracks that were written by Jimmy Reed, Jesse Ed Davis, Jimmy Johnson, Sly Stone. How yeah. did you go about choosing those, or were they suggested to you? Well, it's interesting. With that record, I think about my earlier records as being sort of haphazard in the way. It's sort of like you pick a bunch of songs that you like, and you go in the studio and play with your friends and have fun, you know? And I didn't really find myself as far as a recording artist until I'd done Hold On, my record Hold On. But at that time, it was just, you know, whatever groove or whatever thing felt good, or if I liked the song, I would just do it because I wasn't really writing my own songs yet. Right. So were they favorites of yours, then? Songs you've been listening to for some time. Yeah. <laughs> like the Jesse Ed Davis song. I used to play that in clubs with my friend Dave Melton. 
And like, ain't no way my friend Pauly Sarah sang that. And, you know, it's just a great song by Jimmy Johnson that I love to play in the clubs, you know. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned your album Hold On there. And that was nominated for Best Contemporary Blues Album back in 2019 at the BMAs. Yeah. That must have been a big thrill for you. Yeah, that's a big accomplishment for me being nominated. And, you know, I wrote all the songs on that record and everything and sang all the songs. So that was a big step for me to give me the confidence to keep going with, you know, writing songs myself, you know, or co-writing and singing, you know. Yeah. During that three years since then, uh, Mm -hmm. we had the pandemic and you were over in Switzerland, spending a lot of time over there. And yes. according to the notes, you were rooting around in the shops and things, trying to find some blues and soul records, European blues and soul. Ah, that you know, there's this this app on my phone. Actually, it's an online record marketplace called Discogs. Oh, right, yeah. And this, it, and this is very dangerous for a guy like myself because <laughs> I'll spend all of my money on finding records. And the thing was. On here, you can you you can buy records from like France and Germany and the UK. Being the nerd that I am, you know, I would get like alternate covers of records that I grew up with, like BB King Live at the Regal or something with a different cover, or Otis Rush or whatever, you know. So it was really cool to kind of like buy a lot of these records, and also now that I'm older, being more selective on the stuff that I really like and knowing, oh, well, maybe I'll stay away from that and then I'll buy something. And then constantly listening to music, too, was, you know, just great, you know. So you weren't buying different versions of the songs. You were buying the same one, but the, the album cover was different. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it would have a couple other added songs or something like that on the European pressing or something, you know. Right, so it was just European versions of American releases, or were you checking yeah. out European bands as well? Oh, yeah, you know, like, all just whatever, you know, but mainly just uh, American, like, blues and soul music, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, one thing I mentioned before, one thing we do on this show is try to demonstrate how international the blues is. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, there isn't a country that doesn't have a blues scene. So did That's you, right. Did you pick up on that when you were in Switzerland? Absolutely. I mean, I knew about that for a long time because I traveled to Europe a lot before I moved. You know, I was here a lot. So I definitely, anywhere you go, there's some kind of blues festival. And that's should tell people something, you know, mm. <laughs> the blues is, you know, so universal because it's something from the heart and it's something people can feel on so many different levels. Yeah. You might get the heavy metal guitar player that listens to Gary Moore, or you might get the traditional person that listens to, you know, Muddy Waters, or you might get the more pop thing with like Ken Moore, or Robert Cray or something like that. So it just reaches so many different things because it's, so universal. Going on for a tangent here, we were talking earlier about the people that you played with, and looking at the notes, there's one that jumped out as being maybe slightly unusual, Cindy Lauper. How did you end up playing with her? Oh, I just done one one gig with Cindy Lauper. It was um Charlie Mosaway kind of referred me to Cindy Lauper, and she was kind of uh, a guitar player was gonna leave 
and then he decided to stay. So I didn't tour with her, but I done one gig with her. So I always put that on my resume because I just like diversity. Yeah. <laughs> but I did play <laughs> one gig with her, though. <laughs> okay. The new album that you've just released, Heartache by the Pound. Yeah. That was recorded at the legendary Fame Studios. Did you Absolutely. Did you request to go there or was it suggested? No, I definitely wanted to go there. That was my complete own thing <laughs> to go to um Fame Studios. It was like a lifelong dream to go to that studio. I've got a quote here from you that fame is the mother church of soul music. It's definitely one of them. <laughs> it's <laughs> high on the list. Yeah. <laughs> you got Royal Studios in Memphis and different studios like that, but that's definitely one of the mother churches, you know, of soul music and of just American roots music because they had country music there later. They had R&B, blues, soul, you know. If you listed the people that have recorded there, you'd be here for days. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the title track of that album, yours recorded as saying it conjures a warm spirit with nostalgic lyrics and simmering playing. Remind you of your <laughs> um, your uncle playing Little Milton Bobby Blue Bland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like we would visit Pine Bluff, Arkansas every year because I, I grew up in California, but my family, everybody's from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So we would visit there for holidays every summer, every year. So my mom's brother, Uncle Reezy Jr., he would have all of this music, you know, like, Bobby Bland, Little Milton, and all of this kind of stuff like that. So I always really love to hear that. And, you know, it would be like a family gathering. Everybody be out cooking food and just in the front yard, you know, in the country. And I just love that, you know. These songs for this album, these were written while you were over in Switzerland during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah. So... Yeah. That sense of looking back to the old barbecues and things like that, was it a sense of longing because you felt trapped where you were? Absolutely, yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, maybe not so trapped, but definitely reflective on, you know, my childhood and things like that. Because when you when you are living in a place like Switzerland, it's a fantastic place to reflect and to really just think and and settle down and all of this thing because it's so beautiful there it just opens you up to this whole other energy you know yeah going back in time slightly to 2016 mm -hmm. live at the greek theater with joe bonamassa yeah how good a memory is that one? Oh, that's a fantastic memory i really remember that well you know it, it's it's with joe bonamassa he's a good friend of mine and it was like going on holidays in a way, you know, it's like I really knew the music, you know, so everything is Joe, his whole organization and everything about it. He caters to what would be comfortable for the musician, except instead of the other way around, you know, what would be comfortable for the people, you know, in charge or the money makers or whatever like that. So he has a way of everything that you can imagine, the routing, the hospitality and all of that kind of stuff is very comfortable for a musician, you know, so that 
you know, that makes it, you're out with your friend, you're playing music, you know, you're hanging out, going to music stores and things like that by day. Sound check is super short. You know, it's like <laughs> holidays for me. <laughs> yeah. But he has got to be one of the busiest people in the music industry because he's performing yeah. himself. He's mm. recording and producing other people. He's got his yeah. own record label now, Keeping the Blues Alive. When, yeah. when does the guy rest? I don't know. I don't know if it's in his brain to rest. And I, I'm going to see him today, actually. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so the new album, are you going to be touring the UK with that? Hopefully first of next year, sometime around. And it's going to take a little while. But, you know, this whole record process for this one has been really kind of long and slow, kind of. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just taking a lot of time. And it's definitely teaching me patience. Like albums, I probably won't have records out until the end of the year sometime, maybe, or November, December, you know. You are getting ready to go on the road and perform. Are you looking towards the next album or are you just concentrating on this at the moment? I am definitely, you know, I'm going to play these songs and things coming up. But I'm definitely already looking at the next uh, project already, you know. That's right. just the way I am, you know. <laughs> Any more collaborations on the horizon? You know, I, I certainly hope so. Maybe some people outside of the the blues kind of world, maybe, and showing, you know, to show people that you can you can collaborate and you can make music with different people and add that blues and soul in there with different kinds of things. So it might be fun to experiment with somebody outside the blues world a little bit too. You know? As you're living in Nashville, have you ever thought of doing the country album? No, I haven't thought of doing a country album. I definitely like old-time country music, but I haven't thought of really doing country. But songs, you know, I just like really cool songs you know that like then the lyric content being a little bit more involved you know and things like that are really appealing but still having that blues element in there is mm. something because to me like a lot of americana music has that kind of rootsy bluesy thing already i'm surprised i didn't even think about that really until now yeah know? I will let you get off. It's been an absolute joy catching up with you again, and hopefully we can uh, do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there, and there will be more as we record more for the show, and we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And, of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.